I might just include some of this in the podcast. You never know. You like, should. obviously. You can. <laughs> All right. Awesome. <laughs> so I'm just going to start now. Okay. Hello, Nadasha. How's it going? Uh, it's going <laughs> fine. It's really cold in Karachi. But it's kind of hot. Yeah. Okay. The championship is happening uh, for women uh, in football. So that's awesome. All right. Yeah. So have you been to any of the games? Yes. One. I just went to there for one day. Uh, but then we have semi-finals okay. happening tomorrow. That's like 10th January and then uh, the final on 12th. So that's kind of uh-huh. awesome. And uh, I'm more like interested in that because partly uh, the group matches were sort of very, very one-sided and uh, the quality mm-hmm. of it was not exactly the kind that you could just, you know. Um, it's not very engaging in the sense, of, oh, stop making that mistake. It was more like that. And it kind of saddened me. Yeah, as well. I I went to the qualifiers mm-hmm. in Islamabad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a bit disappointing for me, at least. Mm-hmm. I was there watching the game, and you know, I was just like, "Why are you guys making these mistakes? You guys are supposed to be practicing almost every day." Once, for instance, if we're playing on the same team, I pass you the ball, and then you're you get the ball, and then you're waiting for like two seconds to three seconds. Just looking out where everybody is and then deciding where you want to kick the ball. You should be aware that, you know, if a pass is coming to you, you have to be very quick in deciding. So you're just there still with the ball and just waiting. And a lot of players did that. And for me, that was like, yeah, you guys need to sort of be a bit quicker. No, what my... my that's one of the when things I that was, I noticed. When I look at women's matches, um, and that's one of the arguments that we've had, like, abroad as well, um, where when women from let's just say countries like France and and Spain and when they're talking about football and their players their issues are very very professional mm-hmm. and i come down to that one thing it's um it almost becomes uninteresting after a point for me uh when it just comes to the game is because a lot of these girls they're also very young for example uh clubs like the IFC and Karachi Kickers and Jaffa and others, you know, and my heart goes out to these girls is because I don't think that they get that kind of uh, field time apart from the championship. And I know how uh, haphazardly these teams are made when it comes to the provincial teams and, and club teams, you know, the ones that are just operating on the, on their own. Um, apart from Karachi United, because Karachi United has mm-hmm. a year-long thing going, uh, the IFC primarily focuses on really, really young girls. So sometimes my uh, thought is that if they're playing against a team like Army, which has Hadra and Mapar and everybody else, um, these young girls are bound to, you know, uh, lose from get-go. So it's it, when I'm watching women's, I don't know how it's gonna sound, but when I was watching women's matches, it's more like watching a polo match where you calibrate the teams before they play, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was literally calibrating them in my head because it's like, these girls are, are bound to lose against this one because they were way too strong. But, but do you think, if you, if you compare it to uh, 2015 or before 2015? No, we, we had, had the national championship, the national championship last year when they tried to... Um, organized 
this was Faisal Salehayat's uh, federation and they were they had okay. come back after FIFA had resumed uh, the federation yes and there was this, it was yeah. Yeah, so like after a gap exactly. of like three, three years these three or four years so do you think mm-hmm. the quality of players um, mm-hmm. compared to what they were before and because a lot of them have retired as well, right? But if you compare the quality of players that, they, that were there in 2014 to the players that you have now, do you think they have improved in a way? Because a lot of these girls are now uh, involved in hmm. and playing four different clubs and regularly, not, I wouldn't say regularly training then, I suppose, because after what you just said, but, hmm. you know, training a bit more than I suppose they would have back in 2014. I don't know. Um, you have been in touch with this more than I have. So, what's your opinion on that? See, the thing is, with girls, let's just say there was this argument where they were making it online that GB fans were upset because the girls from Gilgit Baltasan are playing in departments or other clubs. And my point was, uh, at the end of the day, every player, if they're decent, if they think they're decent, they'd want to play for a team that's going to win or at least that's giving them something back, right? Uh, when it comes to making teams for provinces, what they do is they hold open trials and girls come in and then they play and then they choose uh, from that lot. The whole problem why we do not have a really good quality of women's football is because there is no year-long thing for them. There is nothing that is disciplining these players to play every single day at a certain standard. You see, now you can have clubs. I don't want to name them because I don't know what the implications would be for them after that. But there are certain clubs that uh, borrow girls from other clubs and then one girl is playing for four different clubs, which should not be the case uh, to begin with. I mean, if it was to hone her talent, if it was to make her a better footballer, she should have that one club that can provide her with the field, that can provide her with the experienced coaches, that can provide her with exposure. So if she's playing for four different clubs, that's a, that's, that's a problem because it means that this girl, whoever it is, can be coming from any strata. Like I can speak for Karachi, for example. There are girls coming from Korangi and there are girls also coming from better off areas. So the thing is, wherever they're coming from, at the end of the day, they need a club that can at least, you know, um, provide for them as a as a footballer. See, I feel that it's this is just not a football related problem only. It's the it's the whole uh, industry that is in Pakistan. That's the way it is for every sport. No, but I feel it's more and with football. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you, but the point I was trying to say is no, that fine. even with the clubs, um, because PFF, Pakistan Football Federation, never had any strict transfer rules for women. And and it was just taken as a joke. So there was a lot of backlash and fighting between the clubs as well when it came to the players. For example, mm-hmm. Balochistan United, they had, this was like the last championship before the whole ruckus unfolded. Um, they won the championship and and then what they do is they would poach the players from other clubs luring them into getting to Balochistan United and sometimes they would not even follow the rules and regulations because Rubina Irfan is the chairperson for the women's wing I mean (sighs) 
so it's so frustrating even for the people who are working yeah. for football and women's football it was very frustrating for them as well uh, for the clubs when it comes to departments the department again departmental sports is is such a dinosaur of a concept um for them mm-hmm. the girls are like okay get this one steal one from army avabda would want somebody from some other club or whatever but the backlashes and the internal toxicity is such that it it just does not serve the players at the end of the day for the women's championship it's the politics of how they're doing things it's only for in my opinion just they they just need to get something out there get something done and that's about it and there are no rules and regulations as with uh other sports as well and it's affecting these athletes all of these athletes not just football players but all of them because there's the industry is not professionalized enough at all i mean i don't think they're professionalized at all so it has to start somewhere there has to be regulations there has to be some sort of body that actually implements those regulations so let's say you mentioned the transfer rules for clubs if there's no authority or if if pff is not if does they they do not have the regulations in place and they're not implementing it and all this this kind of stuff is going to happen and it's a systematic problem for example with the national women's championship yep i am it's again more of a formality that they do just to show that we also have women who can play football but it doesn't really matter how or what they're doing and yeah. it never evolved exactly. into something bigger for example you can still have national championship and you can get few players who you think is talented whoever is coaching them they think they pick the players and they pick the team fine but that's just about it and how many international matches do we get we don't get any Pakistan women's national mm-hmm. team has not played since 2014 14 yeah so you tell me years. even with this championship oh. what is the difference between this championship and the championships that we used to see in our schools i i still think that our school championships were a bit more organized and a bit more um you know yeah it I had more structure than this um then it's a knockout rounds that yeah. you've kept for the qualifiers and you go like you're basically it means the weaker teams are at a disadvantage to begin with which means mm. let's just say if you have teams that are just you know struggling already you've never given them enough chance to even improve well, what was the point you yeah. had a league system then at least mm. you could have you know and you can have a national championship if you're having a league as well like for men yeah i think a leagues are extremely important for for both men and women it's extremely important yeah, to have and then i get back to the mindset i think there is a problem with the mindset to begin with is okay for men you have a league and then you mm-hmm. have a challenge cup which is a knockout tournament you have b division league you have b like premier league for women you only have like one championship with the qualifiers that take place like at least like two weeks before the main round and then even in the main round you see such one-sided scores and you go like what why like why because let's just say yeah. if you have a team that is losing 18-0 tell me what what kind of motivation should they have to play the next match with That and it breaks crazy. you and this was the point i was making even when the 
former federation and they had sent the girls for under 19 and under 16 international uh, events uh, saf and afc they were losing with such high margins and my point was what would be the confidence yeah. i mean it must be shattered for these girls and when they're going to come back yeah. two things would happen either some of them would not play again and they would be like this is it and this was it just felt so bad that we're not going to play or two they're going to feel bad and then they're going to say well this is how we roll so it doesn't matter at least we got to go abroad and play which is bad in both ways it yeah. doesn't serve yeah. so yeah. you're setting your women to lose from the very first stage there has to be the national championship i hope that in the future that all of these issues are at least addressed and sorted you know to at least mm-hmm. a degree where you know mm-hmm. there's some improvement i think the improvement is with the fact that there is much more the, the girls are young and they're much more aware in the sense that they understand that there's women's football and i think last year when we were talking about uh women's world cup i think it got so much leverage on media everywhere that maybe maybe yeah. there'd be more awareness yeah. about women's football but the point is it's up to the federation to you know structure it properly and at least have tournaments and that goes for men and women both but more so for women that that can help the players yeah. and serve the players in this environment which is so hostile i feel women's football environment is very hostile that goes from clubs fighting mm-hmm. and fighting their personal wars as well behind the scene to trying to get the players for, to play for them and then even for girls to come on the pitch and then play and then hear all the taunts that they have to hear yeah that's terrible because um i was at like i mentioned i was at at the qualifiers and there are a lot of things that people were saying while these girls were playing and of course they can hear you hmm. it's not like there's like 90,000 people in the stadium and you can't hear what other people are saying they're like literally 30 people or maybe 50 people at max and some of them are very close to the pitch and if whatever uh you're saying they're saying they can hear you you know there's nasty stuff it. it's not just for football but i've seen this happen with the hockey players as well the thing is for these girls they're playing they yeah. come out, and i literally i'm just in awe most of the time is because oh, okay not in awe but more so you know i'm surprised uh that these girls they choose to come out and even play because the environment is so hostile you know it's so hostile yeah. and then you want to like literally yeah. like you want to hug them and tell them how much affection you feel for them just for even <laughs> coming to the pitch because even to get to the pitch it, it's yeah. a ba- battle for for a lot of girls you know and That's I think true. it's up to PFF to make it less hostile. Put the rules and regulations in place. Have clubs register, even if, like, if there are clubs, let's just say the uh, FC, who do not have a men's team but they only have women's team. They should be able to register like that, and I think they are. But what I'm saying is that should uh, extrapolate, you know, into other things as well for other clubs as well, like GB, uh, Gilgit Baltistan. You have girls like Diana Beg and Karishma Ali and others you know they're really inspiring they're they're known figures the thing is what is a way to reach to those parts as well even i want to see girls from balochistan to be playing and kicking ass in the national championship mm-hmm. the problem is that the structure is such yeah. and it's so limited that that kind of talent we would never know if there is a, any talent at all 
and with women's football just like you said that there are taunts and everything people generally perceive that you know if there are girls they're going to make mistakes and it's not going to it's only going to be fun to see how they make mistakes it's not going to be fun to see how they're going to play yeah so there's there's it. that problem and i think it's up to the federation to you know fix that first because the environment it's going to take time even internationally it's taken so much time to to get football where it is right okay. now it's going to take time but at least some steps need to be taken things need to you be know, initiated in the right I, direction i don't think it should be as yeah. difficult for us as it is for uh let's just say things were to for the us women's national team we're much smaller okay right when you have all these movements yeah. happening you know in the us and in europe and you see players how they're coming up and you're seeing the enthusiasm for for the women's uh football you know and i think it's much yeah. easier for countries like us to adapt and adapt mm-hmm. quickly is because you all, you don't have that baggage you see even now if it's just been like 12 editions yeah. of the national women's championship it's fine you can stop here and start with a clean slate i really believe that like let's just say for men men's team is in the bottom for the fifa rankings and men's men's huh. game has been there in the forefront forever right like how can we not yeah. have more scope with with the women's football where you can actually start things from you know with a clean slate from the scratch and make changes and maybe if you experiment with this you can actually adapt stuff for men's side as well so for us for countries like us i think we have such great examples for women's football now as to what to do and how to go about it because of the international movement so it should be easier for us it yeah, should actually be sure. way easier for us compared to them you're right that is for yeah. sure because now we at least have we know what to do na uh, we have examples to follow ha uh, they've set a model uh, they, there's a model that you can follow okay so let's touch upon the recent trades and transfers in women's football Hmm. Yeah. Let's let's hmm. begin with Sam Kerr because she's already played her first game. Uh she hmm. signed with Chelsea. Do you yes. think more players are going to want to come to Europe after this? I think they would and they have. It's not new. For example, with Chelsea they had had American players with them in the past. I follow Chelsea more so that's why I can yeah. reference them. Yeah. Um so I mean with Sam Kerr coming to Chelsea it's it's a big thing. Um, yeah. It's like also yeah. getting a lot of star power for Yeah, exactly. Because, that's why that's why I mean because now I feel that more players I mean yeah there were players coming in before as well but I think this just going to open up other players from 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 those countries to want to come to Europe more than they were before. Like, you know they have a- their NWSL right but um a lot of players I think would choose europe over nwsl right now hmm. i feel i think the reason is also for them okay this is one of the since we went there and and we saw how women's football okay this is also i felt um there was also this illusion right it maybe it's the upsurge in the coverage of women's football when it comes to the us team and we feel like everything is you know way easier for them but still uh, 
women's football in the US of what I saw was still something that did did not enjoy as much of a privilege as a men's team it's mm. still a very picket fenced thing you know to have and for them to be coming to europe it's not like they were not coming to europe before it's just it's the opportunities in your life let's just say psg mm-hmm. megan rapino had said in one of her interviews that she went and played there but the environment because she was because of her sexual orientation uh, mm-hmm. she was still judged worst in in europe compared to where she was okay. already playing so she came back <coughs> excuse me Uh-huh. So I mean there are examples where you say okay uh NWSL is is one of those examples uh, a model that you have to follow mm-hmm. but not necessarily I feel all of these players the women players they have experimented and they have been coming to Europe for a very long time so I feel a lot of the US players like, for instance uh, for instance uh, Tobin Heath uh Christian Press uh, mm-hmm. Lindsay Horan all of mm-hmm. them not all of them like most of them i feel they came here well apart from lindsay horan they came there to learn a different style of football and mm-hmm. to sort of be away from the from the from the pressure that there is on them if they were playing in the us and then you know the leagues keep kept folding so they had mm-hmm. no place else to go but now i feel that because european football is an option for them Hmm. just to sort of you know maybe graduate from college and go there or even skip college like Lindsay Horan did hmm. and just go there i don't know i feel this is going to get you know get more people thinking about going to the let's say maybe the WSL or uh, any of the other leagues in europe well i think the trend should start and it again it was there but i feel that now it's more highlighted okay know? it's just right. that it's not like it wasn't happening before it, hmm. it had been happening before but let's say psg the um uh, for the for the women's team it's you know it's so big you have such a powerhouse players over there now they want to come to england as well i think france was one of the better off places to go for players yeah. in the beginning for women uh football and now they're they're coming to england as well so let's just say sam kerr joining chelsea and i think that was something that is like nobody knows uh G like I follow mm-hmm. her because I was like who are the Asian players who are playing and I wanted to have mm-hmm. like if next time I'm talking to any even if I'm covering a Pakistani athlete who is a footballer and she yeah. happens to be a female I can say they go you know they're they're from Asia you have examples like her who are playing yeah. in English clubs so it's it's limitless all you have to do is you need your your passion and your game and you need that platform so mm-hmm. I mean lots of people don't know lots of chelsea players either but with sam kar coming everybody's like oh okay so there's you know <laughs> let's just say your team has lots of star power your team has been doing uh, well and yeah by my team i think she means arsenal <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> arsenal is well yeah arsenal has a lot of star power they have i, I think they have four dutch players three dutch players mm-hmm. they had four dutch players now they have three dutch players they have um uh, they have Jill Rude they have um Viviana Miedema and they have uh, Daniela Wanderdonk right other than that they have a lot of international players they have Jordan Nobs they have 
Beth Mead. Hmm. And now I'm just, I can't recall a lot of names. But yeah, so they have all hmm. of these international powerhouse players. That's why they're doing so well, I think. And that's why Chelsea is, and, and Man City are, you know, constantly competing with each other because they do have these really big international names who've been playing for their national teams and whose national teams have been doing really well. Yes. So, I mean, when it comes to... I'd like to... This is, again, one of the comparisons that I was making last year. And obviously for the lack of uh, fellow enthusiasts when it comes to women's football, you really don't know how to express it. But, um, you know, following Chelsea men's team for such Uh a long time, and then now I'm I'm say I, I I just chose like fine whatever it is I'm gonna be like supporting the women's team for Chelsea uh-huh. because I I think there are a couple of players that are really awesome and then it happens to be the club that I follow I have followed for the longest time and then I would make sometimes I would make um, comparisons between what Emma Hayes is saying and what what Frank Lampard is saying for example now so uh-huh. I mean. It's it's a very fascinating way of studying how even the press coverages for men's and women's football. Oh, definitely. You know? It's, it's very different. It comes down to the point where I was just like, oh, Emma Hayes has, has done this. And I, I think Frank Lampard should be following her. And there was this whole controversy that, that Emma Hayes should be like Chelsea manager for men's. <laughs> that would be pretty was, cool. That would be so awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That would be really cool. So I think the environment that the English uh, football has, it's so dramatic, I mm. feel. Why it feels so big. It feels bigger or more adventurous than, uh, you know, the American League, uh, NWSL, is because of the drama that you, you get. <laughs> and I feel, I feel there's, there's another reason, at least for me, is... Because English football has such a long history of men's football. Mm-hmm. You know, Chelsea and Arsenal and Tottenham and all the r- rivalries that are there. Manchester City, Manchester United. Those are now applied to the women's team. Which is great. And yeah, is and which is exactly, it's pretty cool. I mean, that's why I think, it's for me, it's becoming more interesting. The WSL as compared to um, NWSL is... Mm-hmm. Because all of these, all of these rivalries that are there, and mm. these clubs with rich histories. Hmm. No, actually, it's it's a. I get. I can say that why. Um. You know, NWSL has a different status in my mind is is because they had to like they. It's like we don't we don't care about what's happening with the men's thing. And this is like the new way. This is a new order, you know? Yeah. So for me, that's more, let's just say, if I have for the lack of better analogies, like that's progressive rock for me that I would go to and has a special day. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to this, um, yeah. with the English football, it's, it's, it's a very easy and I don't want to say lazy, but it's, it's just an automatic way of, you know, um, feeling attached to a women's team is let's just I'm taking my example and it's so basic because I follow Chelsea club I want to understand what the women were doing that's that was like it was just it's a very 
um, organic way of saying okay okay this got my interest is because you know um even when it comes to the spanish side you have barcelona and real yeah. madrid and then you have juventus women all of them are making great strides in their mm-hmm. paths you know when it comes yeah. to football for women but the thing is with english since we've been exposed to english premier league from young age i think it's one of those rare moments where i would say you know i'm glad that something we're getting something from the men's side you know yeah. they were fine i can i can take a <laughs> <laughs> but i understand one more thing like for example there was this um, comparison going on with medima and and sam kerr and somebody was trying to you know make an argument as to which one is better than which yeah yeah <laughs> I was part of one of those I was part of one of those arguments as well. So <laughs> no, 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 I find it it's fine. It's perfectly fine. It's great. Obviously you need something to talk about. Yeah. But my thing is men's football as a culture itself has has a certain toxicity to it. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh I think women's football when it comes to NWSL as well, it's much the feel is much more, you know, it's for a fan you know you don't have to be like all crazy you can like it's it's i think it, the drama for the english side is is way more that's what i'm trying mm-hmm. to say when it comes to women's football now and i wouldn't mind it that if if women's football take it from men's football but uh, well, let me one, ask you something there hmm. is this going to be a very it's a it's a stupid question But it's fine. No question is stupid, by the way. That's rude. <laughs> yeah, my teacher used to say that. Yeah, okay, no question. So it's always it is always like Ronaldo versus Messi. Hmm. You can apply the same to Sam Kerr versus Viviana Miedema. That's exactly. What, I just didn't want to like say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe it's coming yeah. from my own drama of being harassed. Yeah, I mean, but 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 which one's which? <laughs> No, this is like and I mean yeah. I I I think the I think this is really good for football. Uh this mm-hmm. kind of uh this kind of sort of I don't want to call it a rivalry because it's not really, but that kind of like comparison and constant like which one's better, who's better, who's who's performing better right now and who's your favorite. Mm-hmm. Sort of kind of I think it's going to drive the conversation uh for the next couple of weeks or months to come. Especially huh. when they no, start no. playing. Hmm. <laughs> and I, I i think um uh, 19th of this month they're going to play against each other and that's going to be something yeah. to see yes, but but yeah w- yeah which one is it is it is it samker or is it viviana medema who do you support <laughs> i think i like vivian okay. and and just one of those things samker is a legend herself yeah, so yeah. i have I think they're very that's similar for me as somebody who's watched both men's and women's football for me yeah. um the feel is so different for example i could never say that you know it's the same as messi and ronaldo uh-huh. uh you know rivalry like that is because messi and ronaldo are playing for two teams that had been you know the el clasico real yeah. madrid Barcelona so the history that comes with it yeah. and Messi's path is so different even you know to compare it with either Sam Kerr or you know Vivian Messi yeah. 
So, I mean, it's just my thing is you can't even put that. It's, I thought it was a bit unfair. And it sort of did take away from their personalities, you know, because yeah. it's not the same. Like my instant, um, when I saw the comparison, my instant reaction was, no, no, please don't do this. <laughs> but that's uh, going to happen because that's the kind of rival, like that, that's the kind of comparison people want to create out of it. Yeah, because that sells. It's like, it's one of those things, you know, like since 1995, 96, 97 to 2000, when we started, like, you know how it was, the, who are their top 10 guitarists? Yeah. And people just went on and the, the list still keeps coming out and nobody you know some obviously there are followings and stuff so it's one of yeah. those things that okay let's start a you know let's start a comparison that can keep giving you a debate for the next 10-15 years yeah so but I felt that when I saw that comparison my my reaction was no you you can't bring in that same toxicity in the women's uh, oh, no. football is because a women football is women football, so don't try to like make it into the same trend as as the men's football. Mm-hmm. You know, because those two players, CR7 and Messi, are very different, and their paths have been so different mm-hmm. compared to these women. Yeah, and they're legends. So. If you're trying to put them in the same boxes the same way, I feel that's like doing an injustice to women's football as well. So that was my concern. But I like the hype. Yeah. I like the drama of it in the sense that the f- people are watching it and, you know, commenting on it. And again, comparison is a part of the game. But a little part of me also says that, no, there has to be some originality left to the women's game you know you can't just uh, replicate something it's you don't want it to be a replica of the men's game like that when it comes to the banter i don't want it to be that yeah so that was my reaction to it (laughs) It by the way there's 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 one transfer news that is unconfirmed Hmm? jesse fleming has been left out or she didn't apply i think you're supposed to apply if in the form for the draft so she's not in the preliminary draft for the nwsl oh okay yeah so what rumors say? have it she's coming to europe and obviously you'd want it for arsenal women yeah i don't know i mean okay so arsenal has a pretty strong score hmm. jesse is a midfielder hmm. and where do you see does she have a place i don't sorry I'm saying in in your head, do you see a place for her in in Arsenal midfield? I'd love to see her in Arsenal, but I don't think there's place for her right now. Hmm. I think she she is perfect for Arsenal. I think she can, like, DVD and Jesse Fleming together in the midfield is going to be epic. Hmm. But I don't see that happening. (laughs) Who do you think is going to steal Jesse Fleming if she comes to... uh, the English side of the football. Uh, I want Arsenal no, to be the brightest side of football. Huh? I wanted to see the brighter side of football, and then I just stopped. Like, let's just call it English side of the football yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, I think I genuinely think if she's not coming to WSL, she's hmm. probably going to go to PSG. Hmm. Which is not a bad choice. Which is a, yeah. yeah, which is a really good for her career. She's a very creative. I don't know how 
how much I followed her, but hmm. I haven't followed very, her much. Honest, I, she's I a very say. creative player, and she's a very, mm-hmm. um, she's very sharp. And I think mm-hmm. if she comes to Europe, she's going to even you know she's going to get better. And she's young. I what I remember of her is that uh, she's really young. She's twenty, I think. She's in the college. She's she's a, she's graduating from college, so that will probably make her twenty-two. But she's very young. Yeah, she she's young. So obviously, the more you can get from the opportunities you get at this point yeah. i feel no i was just looking at the the thorns and then i was like is there a possibility even before you told me that she's not in the draft is like can yeah. she go there because again thorns is one of the clubs that that's freaking dare to me uh and yeah, i was just yeah. looking at their draft as well and it's pretty interesting you know with them and uh, orlando pride making trades exactly so, Apparently, yeah. Caitlin might be coming to uh, Arsenal. Really? Yeah. Rumors have it. Food. Yeah. Australian. Yeah. yeah. So, that would be good, I feel. But I think with... I'm trying to just see how things would roll for Orlando Pride. Because, I mean, a couple of their players, you know, I know they're senior you have marta there as well yeah so i i just want to see i mean what orlando pride would be doing with their draft this time around and it would be very interesting what they do but i yeah. just i feel like thorns are starting all over again like they're they're starting from scratch i think they're you know getting a lot of people players out and getting a lot of new ones in hmm. that's true i mean let's see what Mike Parson thinks of it, you know. I, um, yeah. I think when he was there, that's that was one of their um, main goal was to really, you know, have a team that can also cater the local fans more. I don't know. This is something that I really felt when it came to Portland Thorns is their focus on on the collegiate players was crazy. Mm. And they enjoy their their collegiate players, and that's what they wanted to take. And I was just like, okay, so that's why I'm more eager to see what changes they make around this time. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. Yeah, that's that's something that I noticed, and I'm I'm glad you brought this point that they're starting from the scratches because it's a, it's sort of a community thing. I don't know, it's not a community thing, but it's more of you know, um, it's a vibe. How else to put mm-hmm. it that they are really into getting new players the fresh players the players from uh universities and collegiate level and then to hone them into better players i mean it's it's sort of a thing there you know maybe that's yeah. why they're going back to the basics i feel so there is that like compared to orlando pride if i have to make yeah. a comparison orlando pride is more into you know get the stars and go big yeah thorns have a different mentality to that it's it's kind of you know let's see which ones are the new ones and then you you know literally you develop them like that on that level which is great for the game overall getting yes. really good players and then you're developing them even more so that's that's pretty that's, good i really felt i mean primarily i think one of the reasons why i would support I would be supporting Thorns is because of this thing that I saw there. It's like 
they they're really dedicated to it and that's something heartening i thought huh. maybe yeah. you'd have like thorn players i mean thorns are my favorite team in in the nwsl particularly because initially when i sort of start i could because of the time difference hmm. we really don't get to watch a lot of the games and we don't really get to watch them also because you can't find streams for it but hmm. live streaming for it hmm. but the only reason that i was actually following thorns on social media and whenever i could catch a game was hmm. because of tobin heath hmm. and I, since then i've sort of become a fan of thorns so yeah that's like sort of that's the team i so i don't particularly like to support team Mm-hmm. uh in any in any sport i'm not somebody who really supports teams but you're intelligent just understand that you're not following I'm, yeah <laughs> so i i prefer i prefer just like watching the game for the love of the game and not just saying mm-hmm. you know yeah, even for in, even in the world cup i mean when we were having that conversation yes i ha- i i was a lot like i was really interested in watching how the us women's national team did because i was you know following them a lot mm. in the past couple of years mm. but even then in the final i was like torn between do i really want to support us uh, the us team am i supporting netherlands mm. i i like break like, an hour before the final i was like who am i supporting and i was like i don't really care and well i did a little bit i wanted netherlands to win but um but Yeah so I'll, yeah I'm just babbling now. <laughs> Let's wrap this up it's almost 2 hours. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah. somebody who if you do put it up as 2 hours it's like somebody who's getting bored on on a winter's night they might listen to it. Yeah I'm going to make it to like half an hour to 40 min- <laughs> minutes it's going to have to be really really you know edited really a lot of editing required. Okay, But yeah. So this is the this is the first episode of uh, what's the brew? I was gonna say take the brew. Uh, so this is the first episode of uh, of uh, of what's the, what's name the, of the brew? Show? Sorry. Yo. <laughs> so uh, this is the first uh, episode, and what do you think we're gonna be covering <laughs> in the coming weeks I and think, months? I uh, think we'll be covering a lot. We'll be covering a lot. We have some interesting people lined up already. So, Exciting stuff. I think again, it's just. find things out and let your mind do the talking <laughs> i think that's the whole point all that be interesting no? yeah it's a different ideas that you want yeah. to explore it says that yeah most definitely and that's one of the reasons that we have this podcast because i like for me i told you this as well as like i want to talk to people and learn mm-hmm. from their experiences and and i want it to mm-hmm. be very global i don't want it to be very local because when you go global you get to learn from exactly. other people's experiences because they're from very different cultures and backgrounds and industries all together so mm-hmm. for me that's what i want to do i want to learn from people that's why i have this podcast and i hope that people can learn from the content that we provide them all right so that's it for today thank you natasha for taking so much time out and thank you for talking having- to me about random things and specifically women's football it's going to be the portion that we'll be talking about mostly in this particular podcast so thank you for for taking the time out. Ah, oh, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs>